Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com I'm Sam Legasic. And I'm Dreadful Dan Gallagher. And we're two old buddies that have lived our life at the edge of the mainstream. So come join us where things are a little odd. This is the Grana weep ninny bong. <laughs> Bar weep, grana weep, ninny bong. Hooray! Um, what a little, <laughs> what a lovely, lovely little reference to uh, today's oddity, which is Transformers the movie, but not the Michael Bay. No, we're talking about the true, the true Transformers movie. The good stuff. The 1986 animated movie, simply told. Transformers the movie. Well, I'm going to pull you up on that. I believe it's The Transformers the movie. The Transformers the movie. that extra article yes i love how clunky um, and cumbersome it is the transformers I don't think that they're the just movie. 
Exactly. They're the Transformers, um, which to be fair is a, you know, there were a few knockoffs kind of going on. So Dan, before we get, before we get right into this movie, which I have to say, I have always loved this film. Yeah. And I've always, I've always loved the Transformers. Well, the originals anyway, the Gen 1, let's say. Okay. What's your, um, what's your history with Transformers? I think I enjoyed the Transformers, but I'll be honest, I was always more of a GoBots kind of guy. Mm. Remember the GoBots? Yeah, I was going to say, um, I do remember GoBots, but they were basically the the kind of inspired by, let's say, uh, Transformers. They were a spin-off. The same thing. They were a spin-off. Transformers were a bit too... Bit too mainstream for me. Bit too obvious. <laughs> I was like nineteen eighty six hipster, <laughs> hipster four year old robots in disguise. <laughs> not not obvious robots. It's not what they're called. <laughs> it's a paradox. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but I do. I, I do remember for some reason I really liked GoBots. I think because I had the GoBots versus Rocklords movie on VHS. So uh, I've yeah, still actually Rocklords. got all my GoBots and Rocklord action figures somewhere. Mm. But I only ever had a couple of Transformers. I did recognise a few in this film. And I was like, oh, I had that, I had that. Um, but yeah, I didn't have many. But And I can barely remember, actually, like what happened in any episodes or anything. Mm. Um, this film, I don't remember actually watching it as a kid. I've seen it a couple of times. I think I saw it like when I was a teenager. Um, and again, another time. So yeah, but I rewatched it last night and I thought it was absolutely fantastic. And there's actually stuff I appreciated about it, I think, um, more than the last few times I'd seen it. Um, there's just right. so much uh, to like, I think, in the storytelling here. But yeah, um, yeah I mean, looking forward to getting into that with you. Um, yeah, what about you? Good. What's your transforming background? Yeah, I always loved Transformers. I think, yeah, for me, it was all like when they started, and, and this, and to be fair, the movie's kind of the um, catalyst for this, when they started doing more like weird offshoots, so you got the Dino Bots who appear, for instance. They started going down that route. Was I vaguely remember being a little bit like, like over stimulated or something yeah. like? There's just yeah. I don't really understand what's going on anymore. Um, but the original Transformers, and as you said, like with the cartoon series, I've I do vaguely have vague recollections of of the cartoon series, but always remember um, there was. Uh, an element of it was pretty much the same thing each and every episode. There's always a general thing, which is the cubes, the energy cubes. Do you remember them? And I always remember they looked like jelly, they looked <laughs> like the jelly cubes. And I always remember thinking that as a kid, just being like, they're like jelly cubes. And they're just like, but there's like loads of them. And that's their like energy. That's their fuel or whatever, which they do. If you remember in the movie, they do talk about that at the beginning. Like there are, I can't remember what they're called, but they're after like the energy uh, cubes, basically. Okay. We need to scale. That's the whole thing that kind of, starts the whole thing we need to scale this um we need to assault the decepticons but we need more energy can you go back to earth and get some oh and yes when it all starts kicking off so those are those cube things um i'm picturing you as a, they, a child with just like raw jelly smeared all over your face okay. i'm eating the energy cubes <laughs> <laughs> and they were just pure <laughs> jelly cubes just pure sugar <laughs> i don't know if that was like an english thing the fact that they were in those like kind of cubes um, I don't know if the American or wherever else had that as well. It felt very English, uh, like jelly, generally. Um, 
Yeah, I don't know. Something satisfying about slicing it up with a pair of scissors. Yeah, and also we should say that jelly in England is different. So like jelly in America is jam. Yeah. Um, So We're talking about jello, gelatin. Yeah, we're talking about jello, yeah. Like the stuff, you put it it in a bowl, whatever, you put in some water, it melts it, you wait for it to set, you got yourself some jelly. Um, Anyway, so weird thing but yeah each episode was kind of the same and it was vaguely like we've got to protect earth and here's some like earth things around and it was obviously the, the kid and the dad spike and whatever um and it was just mainly them just having these fights on earth with the septicons but i always remember loving loving the characters prime always forever yeah iconic <laughs> yeah he was just brilliant like the ultimate kind of leader like strong like really amazing um and then i remember um i really loved uh starscream i really that guy yeah um who was voiced by a comedian um who oh god what was his name again i've got it I've probably got it down somewhere um was it casey Kasem? i think that was him okay um he had like a great he was a comedian yeah he had this like great voice who so apparently like whenever he was doing his um uh, you know his his vocal takes yeah. he was just like 100 and t- like he was spitting everywhere like he was really <laughs> like going for it um much it's great of the other cast uh, he's really he's really slimy and that really comes across in that voice yeah it's he's really good um but i remember really loving him soundwave i mean soundwave if you remember like with the cassette tapes which was you know as a kid that was technology like when we were growing up like cassettes and all this stuff like yeah cds hadn't by that point cds hadn't made like an impression at all yet um it was all cassettes and everything was cassettes that must have been and, such an amazing toy to have a have a sound wave figure mm. like with the cassettes and get, yeah well I was, well we had them you and me had had them because you could get the little cassette things nah. and they were just slowly they were tiny and they used to like I can always remember actually physically doing it. Maybe someone else. Really? I don't remember. I don't remember having it myself. Um, I vaguely remember. Yeah. I mean, they would have, of course they would have. Everything got made into a toy. But um, I was thinking about poor old Soundwave as well. Like what's his role in the Autobots in 2021? Slight. Well, he's a Decepticon. Yeah. What? Soundwave is a Decepticon. Oh, right. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I can just imagine him standing around the corner being like, <laughs> they'd be like we're getting a transmission he'd be like yeah should we, should we play it on tape and they were like um, not really Soundwave and he's yeah. like oh you sure you don't want to listen to anything on cassette it's just like it's got that nostalgic quality they're like yeah let's we just push this button and play it through the normal normal means I have so, uh, 500 megabytes of internal memory now <laughs> What? 500 megabytes? Was that an album? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I always remember loving Soundwave. I loved Megatron. Fucking loved Megatron. Like the way he looked, like his kind of grey, weird, like mullet thing. Um, but yeah, just everything about it, I really enjoyed. I enjoyed like the fact it was all like speedy and there were like fucking huge robots and all this stuff. And I was obsessed yeah. with that anyway. Um, so I remember that. And I had like a hot rod toy as well and i remember that was one of my favorite toys was the hot rod um hot rod car uh, toy cool. kind of thing um and yeah he obviously plays a part um in this one so big part 
Yeah, so Transformers, I think for me, like, it wasn't um, He-Man I loved. Um, Thundercats was probably my favourite out of all the kind of stuff that was going on back then. But Transformers is in, like, the, the top five probably as a kid. So with this film... Um, I had it on VHS when it came out. So I've still got that. Somewhere. Have you? Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll have it at my mum's, yeah. Um, and I watched it often, I would say. And then when I remember when I went to uni, um, it got a re-release, I want to say, on DVD. Yeah. Um, and the album got released, and we'll come on to the album later. Um, I think later, I don't think it came out at the same time, it might have been a couple of years later. Um and I was so excited because it was now like <laughs> high, um, high definition, uh, you know, DVD quality now of the f- film. Um, so yeah, so that was really great. And then now recently I got it on Blu-ray. Um, and then the one that I watched <clears throat> in preparation for this was a 4k, uh, Blu-ray. So, uh, you know, literally the most perfect, um, pristine uh, one you could have. But it's strange because it's actually got two um, different versions in it. So it's weird because the 4K one has two different versions. It's got a like widescreen theatrical version. Um, yeah. And it's also got a uh, like a square version, basically, where apparently, and I don't, I don't know if this is true or not, I didn't look into it um, properly enough, but they, because it bombed, at the box office, but it took oh. off on video, and that, and then they realised that that's where most people are going to watch it. It's on their TV. Yeah. They went through and basically, like, added like extra animation to the top and bottom. I think really? They it, I think they called it like maybe they matted it or something like that. I think it's a term for it um, to kind of make it fit for like a what would be obviously yeah. back in the day a square TV. Um, so there's wow. two different versions. I only watched the widescreen one because I was like, it's widescreen, it's the theatrical version. Um, but some, you know, it's, it's, some people watch it the other way. To be honest, I should have probably watched it. I shouldn't have just watched the same version twice, which is what I actually did. Yeah. Um, it'd be funny if it's really crap though. If it's just like black and white drawing at the top of the screen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so, uh, and it's great actually watching it in 4K because it, it's... Um, if it feels it's well i don't know it's good and it's bad it's good because obviously the quality of it um and all this stuff yeah but you i've missed that like retro fuzz like that vhs fuzz that's kind of you get across with it that's um it's like when something's like really bright which happens a lot in this film it's not quite as crisp it kind of gives it a more of like a shimmer um like dreamlike kind of thing when it does like those bright flashes yeah and and they use that a lot in this film but apparently what that is is it basically to do that they like overexpose the um animation basically like four or five times so it just it's not obviously it's not a light flashing or whatever they're just over um like layering this overexposed uh interesting cell i suppose or like frame um, to make it appear as if it's flashing uh, and all this stuff. It's just quite, quite interesting, isn't it? How they, yeah, well, they I've never that. heard of that being done before. Yeah, it's the hand. It's, that's the thing. It's like, that's watching this back. I was like, the hand-drawn nature of it is 
uh, is great. It's beautiful. There's a few moments where it's like, it looks a bit like, like ropey, um, which yeah. you can imagine. Uh, but for the most part, like 90% of it, like probably more like 99% of it is just great. Just everything about it is, um, it's brilliant. And it does. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, just, just for the context, I watched it once with my kids who loved it. They thought it was great. Um, and I watched it with the commentary on, so I can kind of divulge a little bit and I've done a little bit of research as well, extra research. So, um, we can kind of, you know, discuss it as we go through. Um, cool. So I watched the yeah. DVD by the way. <laughs> yeah. I'm wishing I'd love to have seen that 4k because mm. I love all that, that detail of like, um, especially when, uh, unicrons arriving on the scene and like crunching yeah. up planets used to see there's so much going on on screen i think that would be really um impressive yeah super crisp and also like it's just like a brighter color like you know when he's doing like the 3d scans and all this of, of um when he's changing them like yes. all, that, all that stuff just looks really like you know proper basically that's some of the most exciting stuff visually yeah it's, um yeah oh it's crazy yeah Right, well, let's get let's get into it then. Should we? I think like I was thinking about how we do this, and I was like, let's just go through the film because it's like chronologically is and just jump sure. instead of just jumping around because um, it's quite a simple story, but a lot happens and a bloody lot happens. Yeah, I, I mean that's 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 what I was saying earlier when I was mm. like oh, I was impressed with the storytelling mm. better than I remembered, mm. and like you're saying, as a, a small mind actually. It's quite confusing in a way because I guess if you've been watching the TV series and like you say, it's quite episodic and um, there's a there's a standard kind of like format for each episode. Suddenly we're out in space. Mm. We've got all these new characters being introduced um, and then going off, getting split up from each other, different little groups, different kind of planets, different villains they're um, introduced to. Yeah, little mini quests that they all have to go on, and it all comes back together. Mm. Um, and you've got yeah, big, big, what feel like epic events occurring uh, very early in the film, yeah. and new threats being established, um, and just that that spread of different characters and subplots and uh, locations makes it feel like a, a huge epic kind of uh, piece of storytelling. Yeah. Yeah, there's something almost Greek about it. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing. Um, so, like, before we get into it, because, um, yeah, it is relentless, completely relentless. Yeah. Like, it's constant, constant, constant action. Stuff is happening, stakes are raised, like, constantly throughout the whole thing. It never, even at the down points, it's only down for, like, five seconds, and then something else is kicking off. Um, <laughs> and the, it's funny you say about the Greek thing, because, uh, yeah, one of the story writers who's, um, who did the commentary basically was saying how like this was at a time when it was the 80s right so like joseph campbell's um you know the hero's journey and all this stuff was like at its prime like this is how you should write a story and that's basically what happens with um hot rod uh essentially yeah. here um but what's also great is that all the other characters like all the characters are already like fleshed out and you know who they are and yeah and it's like oh God, it's just so great anyway let's take a break and then we're going to get into it. So, yeah, I guess like um, with this film, uh, it was 
the reason why it was made, um, to be honest, was that they wanted um, the uh, Hasbro slash Marvel Entertainment, whatever, um, wanted to get rid of the Gen 1 toys and introduce new toys. That was the purpose of this film. So they went in being like, we have to kill off Prime, spoiler, we have to kill off all these people because we need brand new toys coming in. Yeah. And this film is going to do that. So that's kind of why um, what existed. And it's funny because the people that made this, which um, Sunbow Productions, they're basically like the, how to put this, they're like the advertising arm of Hasbro or something. So okay. literally this movie is an advert. <laughs> yeah. And they're not, they're not like they're not shy about that. Um, they were obviously everyone involved wanted to make it the best thing it could be and still worked hard on it, but it, yeah. but it, it's an effort. That's what it is. It's there. It was there just to sell new toys, getting new characters. We need the dino bots. They're new. We need X, Y, Z. We've got to throw this all in. Um, like RZ, RC, sorry. And all this, like the first female transformer. Like we need to throw it all in because we need to sell more toys. So, and what I loved about that is that they've already started with, we can kill people. Like we're not, you know, we have to kill these people off. Nothing um, sacred. Exactly. At all whatsoever. Um, so yeah, so that, that was quite interesting. And literally, so the first, first fucking thing that you see um, coming from out of space, deep space or whatever is our main villain, our big villain, I should say, literally, Unicron. Now, Dan, Unicron, give me what what watching this back as an adult, yeah. um, what did you like slash hate about it, him? Uh, breathtaking. <laughs> I loved it. I loved that first appearance because it feels like um it feels like the Death Star. Yes. You know, and obviously People watching this, children in 1986, a lot of them probably seen Star Wars. Mm -hmm. So it carries with it, I think, all of that kind of like ominous dread already. You just see this thing kind of creak into uh, into, into your vision. Um, yeah, I really liked it. I liked like the colours of it. It just looked really, really cool. Um, and it made me just think like, you know, Galactus, hello. Yeah. Take a back seat. Is the real uh, destroyer of planets. Yeah. Um, so, like, that sweeping shot, I think, like, it's also, it's cool for the animation because it's got the shot where he, like, comes past the camera and there's, like, about two seconds or something where you mm. see the intricate detail of the ship, of, yeah. of him, basically, sorry, as he, um, as he goes by. And I always remember thinking, you know, fuck, that looks great. And then... Yeah. Um, yeah, so before we kind of get into that, he was voiced, this was the last appearance by Orson Welles. What a way to go out. And yeah, people, that's what I mean. Well, so, right, about that, a lot of people are like, oh, can you believe his last film was Transformers the movie? And I'm like, could you believe his last film was Transformers the yeah. movie? <laughs> <laughs> I'll be honest, I was in that camp probably 10 years ago. Um, and now I'm, I'm, I've been converted to like... Yeah, what a what a great way to go out. Yeah. He has a lot of fun with it and he does a great job. Yeah. Well apparently like when when it was like when he was kind of come in to do the voice record, 
um, everyone was just like freaking out and someone had sent round um, one of uh, like his tapes that he'd done for an advert and he was freaking out or something like that. He'd done some, he'd had some kind of tantrum um, and he was like, bear in mind, like he was huge, but he was literally the size of Unicron by this point. Um, <laughs> he was massive. And uh, so he came in and um, the uh, the voice director um, guy, I, for- I forget his name, which is really awful because he was one of the... Um, you know, uh, one of the main people involved, well, with all the Transformers stuff, but um, he, it was just them two, basically, and he talked him through it and the character, and apparently Orson Welles, like, completely nice guy, really, like, not this, like, tyrant that everyone was kind of expecting, and he apparently, like, really did care about this performance. He wanted to, like, he wanted to do it well, and I think that comes across because it's, like, such a great, you know you need that kind of like dramatic shakespearean type voice like i think these days it's like you have um like what's his name sean luke picard guy um (laughs) who his is is obviously isn't quite as deep but it's that kind of real thespian like you take it's drama like it's really serious that's a lot of gravitas exactly yeah literally and um yeah and then apparently two weeks later uh, he died like so it was literally no, not that quick really yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was literally a matter of days after he did the voice recording that he actually popped it um wow. and i'm a big Wells fan yeah um in any case i think the man is um just an enigma like of, of our age um and yeah so he comes in and this is like bear in mind this is a kid's film and the opening shot is like you've got this nice happy planet with like shopping malls and He's like kids running around and you know, just by the look of these guys, like it's not Cybertron. Like these aren't our normal Transformers. This is like some other planet. It just looks different and all this. Um, And what I love, and this happens a lot, is there's like, you've got like robots with like um, (laughs) moustaches and like beards, whatever. It's like, so are they metal? And you've got like little kids running around. It's like, well, are they made as children? Like how... Do they like grow up? Um, <laughs> I noticed that as well. I thought that was quite interesting how they um, give them all a very specific sort of like design look to uh, create this, you know, idea that there are different sorts of like ethnicities mm-hmm. or like nations. I mean, they're, they're separate planets, aren't they? But I did look and I thought they do look a bit sort of like 1980s stereotypical Oriental. Yeah. With those like, like Fu Manchu type kind of... <laughs> Yeah, well, it's the same as we get onto the like the uh, garbage guys later. They have the same kind of thing. Mm. Um, yeah, so it's quite straight, but I mean, like whatever. So it's just a bit characters, but it's quite funny. Um, and literally, like it's all nice and happy, and they seem to be like a very progressive kind. Like it's all like science and all this stuff, and um, everything's like clean and nice and happy. The Unicron fucking turns up, and literally just slowly well it's not slowly it's quite fast to be honest but like munches down on this planet and what i like is that they set it up with you see like one of the doctors with the trays of stuff and then all of a sudden it's like he goes like galbacus it's unicron or something and then they try and get in their ship and this is what i always love when they do like especially when it's like big disaster movies and stuff is you focus on like even if you don't know them you don't have to be introduced to them but just focus on like Mm -hmm. one small part of it and you mm. can play with that. So you've got this like one guy trying to escape basically from this. And yeah. I love how that world is just like 
kind of crumbling and then being pulled back into his like into his like mouth and it's like a like a monster kind of like um it reminds me of the mouth in like that x-files host episode or something where it's like drawing in and it's got those kind of like spider-like little teeth things like just pulling it pulling it into its mouth exactly it feels very animalistic even though it's a a robot and yeah it's really slowly just being almost like dissolved Mm. even though you know it's being eaten and then it's cool because you see some of again the inside like machinery, don't you? That's right. Yeah. Um, and that there's a whole system in here. That level of detail really kind of like brings it all to life. Mm. Were those bits as well? Like I'm like looking back at that, it looks very like arty. Like it reminded mm. me a little bit of like Fantastic Planet that we talked about the other day as well. Yeah. Like, like those kind of colours. It's all a bit weird. Like you don't really know what's going on. But I think um, the director uh, Nelson Shin was saying how he wanted it to feel very, like, biological. Even though it's a machine, it needed to feel, like, disgusting and, like, an actual biological entity, like a, you know, right. human body kind of thing, which it does kind of, which it definitely does give off. You hear, like, those... Yeah. It's not yeah. like a machine, like... It's, like, literally, like, eating. Yeah, um, they they manage that, in my opinion. Yeah, that it's really came over. Yeah, it's really horrible and, like, visceral um and like this way like it's like everything goes dark as soon as he comes in and apparently like so a little bit more about unicron his he was based on uh saturn apparently and he was going to be called like the entity or something like that was his original name but saturn um is like a play i believe like comes from well basically the devil like satan or sat up or whatever it is um and so the idea being that it's like a devil planet which makes mm. sense, right? Like coming along to Kevin. And apparently what hap- what was originally going to happen is it was going to be like this electric mist that would slowly go over the world. And as, as it touches people, they like dissolve. It's so funny that like mm. you're saying that. Like as if it's like acid. Blah. And then mm-hmm. it, and then a uh, unicorn, like the his circle thing would just appear out of this mist and basically like suck it all up. Um, oh, that would have been really cool. I, I like that idea. I mean, I like yeah. what we got. Yeah, I like what we got as well. But that's yeah, that would have been a um, a great alternative take. Um, and then as you see him eating it, um, all like the lights and his thing lights up, and you realise it's making it very apparent that it's like he is eating it for energy. Like yes, um, he's like he's full of life now. He's ready to go. <laughs> Just Raring to go. Yeah. So it's quite this like hardcore, violent, like traumatic, like opening to this, like yeah. to this film. Like you've just seen these kids dancing around these families, these most normal people. And they've literally just within the mere seconds, just been completely obliterated and eaten. It, it's absolutely brutal. I mean, it's a dark film. Yeah, it is dark. It's very dark. Um, and then this is the bit, and then just that, this bit I love. It just has this like, it's now like a wide shot of him where he's just like now floating through the sky. It's all lit up. He kind of just pulls to the side of you there. And I'm just like, yeah, here we go. Here we go. And it's the um, Transformers song. Um, and then you go through like the, what is it? Like the O in movie or something like that. Like you go into like the Transformers sign and it's all this kind of like 2001 style, like kaleidoscopic like thing of colors um it's very exciting yeah. that, that tonal shift from like you're sitting there with your mouth agape yeah. at this wanton destruction 
but that that beat kicks in and you're like okay here yeah. we go exactly. it's such a great like uh, contrast in tone yeah and it's also just like you're it's that kind of like okay Transformers are going to come and like defeat this guy. We now know yeah. like, we know what the the evil is that they're going to have to try and defeat. So, <laughs> um, and yeah, like so, a quick one about the music. So next week we're going to um, do the Transformers movie album. Um, oh yes, soundtrack, which would be interesting. Um, but I have like I we both know um, that I like the eighties cheese um, as much as as much as the next person. But specifically with this soundtrack, every song is that pure, like, uplifting, 80s stadium, cheese, hair metal, doesn't yeah. take itself seriously, but has that whole, like, it's all about, um, you know, like, getting, uh, facing adversity and, like, getting yeah. through and, like, you know, giving, you know, you got the touch, you got the power um, and all this stuff. It's all like, really, like yeah you know you can do it it's all like motivational almost and all this stuff um and uh, what people might not because it's funny because i haven't heard the original transformers theme tune for, for ages because obviously yeah. I, the only thing i watch now really is this movie um but it was very like mechanical and robotic it's just like a thing so having like a real like watching this as a kid i'm trying to kind of emphasize this the difference You've you've got this massive like you're watching a Transformers movie. You've just had this massive epic thing just happen, and then you've got a band, an actual real life band with a singer, like <laughs> doing a rock version of the of the theme tune that you've heard like a thousand times before, and you're just like, this is everything that I've loved. It's just been turned yeah. up to eleven, and it's only been yeah. like two minutes in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean you're totally right. It's my like those first few minutes they just pack so much in it's mind-blowing yeah the only thing that takes it down notch for me which you wouldn't have uh as a kid but i did think it was interesting the first name we then see on screen mm. as that song kicks in mm. eric idol yeah yeah he like, there's plenty <laughs> some kind of thing where he wanted to get top top billing or something like it's weird because he's um so yeah eric idol comes towards the end he plays one of the uh, like garbage guys um yeah wreck gar yeah which you come on to but i guess like the real famous person there's two real famous people right it's kind of judd nelson who is really big at this time um you know breakfast club etc whatever oh, right um, and leonard nimoy who's obviously star mm-hmm. trek who doesn't come again doesn't really come in until like a third of the way into the movie yeah. Um, and it's weird because Hot Rod is our hero, but it's like we don't know that he's our hero yeah. until like the end. Like, yeah. It, which is, and yeah, it's just fucking, I just love it so much. So He's got such a great arc. He is great, yeah. Um, yeah, so Cybertron, we're on Cybertron then. Prime's like, we need some more energy, go get some energy. Um, and meanwhile, Decepticons are spying on them. They come back. Megatron's like, okay, cool, let's go fuck them up. What I love about like this whole thing, and they say this in the commentary, is that basically gravity just doesn't matter. Like huh. it's it's just out the window. There's no realism here. Uh, there's that. There's scale. Scale was completely fucked all the time. And apparently there was like an official scale chart from um Sunbow or whatever, but that just gets tossed out like all the time. Like and things like the fact that yeah. Megatron can turn into like a handgun. 
like all that metal just seems to get condensed into handgun. And the massive thing, which is always the issue, which everyone always brings up, which is Optimus Prime's truck. Where does yeah. it come from? Where does it go? <laughs> <laughs> Tim, a, here's the truck. Exactly. It's just like, don't worry about it. So there's, there's, yeah. loads, of, there's loads of this stuff. I always find that quite funny. Um, I can't imagine. Most, I, mean, I, can't, I can imagine the people who get hung up on all that stuff. Yeah. It's like, no. Yeah. Let it go. Let it go, exactly. Um, and it's like, it's kind of earth physics. Like, you know, when they, they throw Megatron out of the thing later on and he yeah. just kind of like falls down. It's like, well, he's in space. Like he's not, yeah. <laughs> not falling. Um, but it's like, just don't worry about it. Just don't worry. The reason why I say it is because obviously they attack the ship and then they like fly in um, and they start uh, like killing the Autobots. Um, and then this is where, like, so when I was listening, the director's basically going like, Decepticons are um, purple and the Transformers, the Autobots, sorry, are orange. And yeah. we need to distinguish that. And it's like, yeah, yeah, it's pretty obvious. Like, you don't have to point this out. <laughs> it's, we, obviously, Decepticons is purple. Like, that's their, that's their whole thing. Um, They've always been purple, haven't they? Yeah, but, like, they're, like, fire. So you can kind of distinguish who's who, whatever. It's like Star Wars or whatever. And then, um, but what I love about this whole scene is that um, when they attack there's that bit where the guy's like, no, you can't. And he's like grabbing onto Megatron's foot. And Megatron's yeah. just like, screw you, kid. And just like kills him. And I remember yeah. again being a kid just being like, <laughs> like, okay, like this is serious. Um, yeah, that's pretty shocking that moment. Yeah. Just, um, he's so ruthless. You're just not used to that kind of level. It reminded me of bloody like a scene from Platoon or something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's like, especially with that guy, I think it's that same guy, like when he gets like, Hit and you just see the smoke like rise from his eyes and they just kind of go dead and he falls back. And this yeah. is what I love as well is that the, as they're doing the fighting, it feels like it's not fast. Like it feels heavy and slow and like powerful, which, mm. okay, it's not like as if it's like Matrix kind of Kung Fu, super fast stuff, but it feels like these are heavy, powerful hits and fights kind of going on and whatever. Yeah, um, tangible brutality. To it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I wondered if any of these characters um, were significant at all, if they were featured in the series, because already you were starting to see yeah. people kind of getting snuffed out. Those Autobots were. Wow. I think, because isn't like Jazz one of them? I can't remember whether that's someone else. Um, I think Jazz, it might be, oh God, some people, real fans out there are going to be slaughtering me, but Scatman <laughs> Crothers, um, if I'm saying his name right, also, was. The, I think this is also his last film. And if you don't know who he is, he is the guy in The Shining. Uh, he's the black guy who comes to save um, save the kid and gets killed by an axe as he arrives, which I always loved about The Shining. Um, so this was like, he did, I think it was, I don't know, he did one of the board spots. Anyway, sorry. But yes, I believe these characters were in, um, you know, the TV series, but I could be mistaken. So then we cut to Earth and it's Daniel, the kid, who's us, yeah. basically like the human children, um and hot rod and you kind of hear you start getting a sense of the scale he's really small hot rod's really big hot rod obviously being like this is him as a kid like he's a kid at the moment there's a reason why he's sitting with daniel and that's because they're essentially like um they're trying to subconsciously make you make the connection that he's also a child even though he's massive like he's fishing, like he's childish, like a big brother kind of type. Yeah. Um, he's hanging with children, put it that way. And then um, 
Don't put it that way. Yeah, yeah, no. yeah with his hot rod. And then they, uh, so then he races back and you can see he's got his fucking cool car and all this stuff, which is, I love his car. It's just so 80s and everything. His colours are good as well, aren't they? Like pink and yellow and orange. Orange, yeah, exactly. Um, and it makes then, me think of a fruit salad, sweetie. Yeah, yes, it does. Yeah, it's exactly that. And then straight off, like, that he like looks up and he's like, it's Decepticons. They start shooting. So you've just had, you're straight into like another battle. And then this yeah. is like the big earth battle. So it just, now we're into like what would in any other film probably be the climax of the whole movie. Yeah. And we're, and we're like what, 10 minutes five, in? 10 minutes in. And it's like, yeah, we're already straight in there. And so this is really cool, this bit, because this is where they introduce a lot of the new characters. Like the, I think it's the Devastator. Who's the guy? Who's the Decepticon that's made up of all the little Decepticons? Love that character. Yeah, um, that's the first time we'd really seen anything like that in Transformers world, I believe. Um, what about the old dude? So the old dude, um, I can't remember his. I think it's is it Lionel Stander, um, and he's like an old school Hollywood actor. You'd probably have noticed him from like playing an old man in stuff. Um, uh, but yeah, Kip, I think his name, isn't it? And um, oh, okay, yeah, and that's good as well because he's like trying to build stuff, and Hot Rod is stumbling through like some, you know, idiot teenager, and he's like, "Oh, you kids," kind of thing, like irresponsible yeah. children. So there's these little like drops which feel like y- you know inconsequential, but are actually little character beats that are setting up. And also, like they've they've immediately done that old versus young because later on, obviously, yeah. they get get together well maybe but they become friends um so here you've got that young versus old um dynamic between kip and hot rod and obviously um you're kind of setting yeah. these little bits up and it's like what like half a second as he crashes through <laughs> but this was one of my favorite things uh, about the film i think was the um like relationship between those two characters mm. how it grows then throughout the film and um you know, he starts off as like the boring, kind of slightly grumpy old veteran who's seen it all and is like um, admonishing Hot Rod, yeah. being, you know, fiery and a bit reckless. And they, uh, yeah, they like grow and have mutual respect. Mm-hmm. And um, they have a good little bit of like rapport, I think, Yeah, as the film goes along. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, they've got a really good relationship. Um, yeah, yeah, it's a very good point. And... Uh, so yeah, and yeah, again, this battle ensues, um, and then it's all going to pot a little bit. The Decepticons are doing really well. Um, looks like they're going to win. <laughs> um, and then this is where you see like RC. Um, you see, oh god, what was Robert Stack's character? Um, Ultra Magnus. Um, and right. obviously, you're starting to see some of the people you're already familiar with when you watch the TV show and all this stuff. So you're like, hey, yeah, cool. And then the same with Decepticons as well. You start seeing, well, you've kind of seen them already, but now you're seeing them fight. This is your usual Transformers fair. And then you're just like, oh man, it's all like going a bit um, tits up, especially when Devastator gets involved. And there's one really great line, which is like, um, what does he say? I've got better things to do tonight than die. Or something like there's, that. There's so many great one-liners in this film. <laughs> yeah. It's so quotable. And that's, that's one of them. That's one of them. Um, and then like, yeah, at this, at this point where they're like, oh man, we're getting massacred. Um, they, uh, uh, Prime jumps in and saves the day and you've got this really cool, like classic slow-mo shot of Prime transforming. 
And then it's just yeah. the way he like comes in and he does it and he does that jump. He's kind of flying over and he's like shooting people as he's doing it, spinning out. And then you've got like the ultimate showdown, him and Megatron. And, I'm, and this so, is like, again, this is supposed to be like the climax and this is happening exactly. like so super early. It's so reassuring when he turns up as well. Yeah. He's just such a, he's that perfect like embodiment of 1980s, like, uh, <laughs> kind of like American spirit, I think. Yeah. Well, he's also like a, a father figure to, yeah. um, that like the Autobots and in turn like us. Um, so it's like, you feel like that security when he turns up, cause you know, and this obviously plays in for what happens in a minute. Um, but before we get to that, cause that's such a huge pivotal moment. Yeah. We have we've missed the uh, arrival and debut of the Dinobots. Yes, the Dinobots as well. So you got that's one of my Dinobots favorite bits. Well. Yeah, they. So I was. Um, I'm always a bit. Uh, they're the kind of comic relief, basically, for the film. Uh, they are, which is fine. Uh, but yeah, I didn't really like. The thing is with like cars and vehicles and stuff like that. I kind of get it. I always thought, why are you turning into dinosaurs? Yeah. <laughs> and why do Transformers know what dinosaurs like look like? I don't know. Like that whole thing it, just felt a bit weird to me. But, it um, raises so many questions. But again, we shouldn't think about them too hard. No, they're robot dinosaurs. It's just cool. But they're pretty much and, always in their dino form. Like they're very rarely, and this yeah. is in the TV series as well. They very rarely swap out to like their human form. They're pretty much dinosaurs like the whole time. Yeah, when they transformed, I was like, wow, forgot they could do that. Yeah. But um, I've got a massive soft spot for Grimlock, and he might be my favourite character in the whole Grimlock. film. Grimlock? Yeah. Me, Grimlock. Character. Fucking hell. What's he say? He's like, he's just, he's the other one. He's got lots of good uh, one liners. Yeah. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Uh, I can't remember one, but yeah. <laughs> so he, he's like, me Grimlock, me no bozo, me king. Oh yeah, something like that. Yeah, um, But the other uh, ones, they all have that family. same kind of like stupid... Um, dim-witted voices but yeah so yeah. but they're like powerful and stuff so um you know they help out 
Um, and then, so yeah, you've got this showdown between Prime and Megatron and it's all like this kind of back and forth, like, why would you throw away your life so carelessly? That's something you should ask yourself. Whatever, like they've kind of got this yeah. thing going on. And then they have this really cool fight where like they both are like getting injured. And then um, and then I love this bit. It's such a classic like Shakespearean kind of thing because you've got like he's about to shoot Megatron and finish it, whatever. Hot Rod realizes the Megatron's going for a gun. But yeah. by, by getting in the way, um, like Prime gets shot basically by Megatron. It's, yeah quite a few times um but and then yeah and then you kind of and this is kind of part of hot rod's thing is that even though he doesn't really say this he does the idea is that he feels kind of responsible for it because he kind of got involved and the whole thing is him trying to like um you know the way he works with like kip and all this stuff who is that kind of mentor figure again um and all this stuff is kind of you know um making up for the fact that he feels responsible for Prime's death, which does happen. But before he does yeah. that, like he, like Megatron like comes to like gloat basically. And then Prime does this like two-handed, like it was not a bitch slap, but two-handed like. Um, it's like, like a haymaker. Haymaker, that's it. Um, Double axe handle haymaker. Yeah. <laughs> and Megatron just falls on the floor and he's basically dead as well. So they both like knocks each other out. And there's that little bit where yeah. like, he like prime tries to stand up and he falls back down. I just remember thinking, because you expect him to get up and they give you that yeah. little bit of hope. And then when he falls back down, you're like, Oh fuck, it's really serious. Unbelievable. Um, There's a lovely little bit of uh, contrast here as well. When, you know, they're trying to help him up. And, um, but Megatron, I think is it's a uh, star screen just comes over and like kicks him. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah, he does kicks him. yeah. <laughs> this is great. Star scream is like one of the best guys. He's so, Duplicitous, yeah, and evil and shitty. Machiavellian, yeah. Um, and that's it. He's just so sycophantic to Megatron when he needs to be. He's just so quick <laughs> to stab him in the back. Um, <laughs> it's funny, and he's a bit of comic relief as well. Um, to be fair, and but um, at this point, we're what we're twenty five minutes into the movie, and you've done the big battle, yeah, that you would assume. Would, yeah, like you say, it, would yeah. finish the movie, and and here it is, and it's done. And now, both guys are about to be written out. Yeah, exactly. Both the both your key hero and villain going, um, and this is it. So they get um, you've got this scene now where so the Decepticons run off. Um, and they're like, "Oh, Prime did it, he saved us." Blah blah blah. And then you've got the scene where they're in like a <laughs> robot hospital, I guess. Um, and yeah, Prime's in a bad way and the music is all like super like silly, like a hospital drama kind of thing. Um, it's also pseudo-religious, I think. Yeah, so like Prime is this kind of Jesus figure. Yeah, um, do not grieve, soon I shall be one with the Matrix. Yeah, Matrix, the way he says it. Um, yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so the Matrix is, I believe it's something that we hadn't heard of before this film, but it's... Like a secret weapon is a bit weird. It's like this thing that Prime keeps in him that apparently every Autobot seems to have a space for <laughs> within their <laughs> within their makeup. I don't know. Um, and the idea is it's like this weapon, I guess, like this kind of source of power, but also like as you said, this pseudo religious like Nirvana type place or something like that. It's it's basically the Force. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. I like don't. I think yeah, not to get too hung up about it. 
Um, and he's like, oh, you know, the chosen one or whatever will light it in our darkest hour, all this stuff, uh, which apparently was literally just um, Winston Churchill. Um, yeah. Ripped, ripped off him. Um, and yeah, so, and this is what I love. So when he like drops it, you will notice Hot Rod picks it up. Hot Rod catches it. And there's that moment where he's like looking at it being all powerful. And then he gives it to Ultra Magnus. Yeah. Next in line. Yeah. Who it slips out. (laughs) He tries to like put it Uh in, which I thought was a great little like touch to be like, he's not completely comfortable. Like this. Um, And he says, doesn't he? Ultra Magnus is like, I don't have it in me to be a great leader. Yeah. Uh, I think Optimus Prime kind of says, don't worry, because someone will come along. He doesn't say, don't worry. I think it is. I think you you are <laughs> yeah. the man for the job. <laughs> don't, don't worry. Eventually, uh, an Autobot will rise from the ranks. <laughs> yeah, don't, yeah, certainly. Lead the way. Yeah. Um, yeah Thanks you, for the you vote. Might die. Yeah, exactly. Prime. And it's always weird, because I remember, like, up to this point, Ultra Magnus was very much, like, very strong. Sec- like, he's massive as well, compared to all the others. He's very, yeah. he looks like Prime um, yeah. as well. And he very much felt like the second in command. So where it's a bit like, it as a, when you're watching this as a kid, you're not really thinking of Hot Rod, to be honest. You are thinking it's going to be Ultra Magnus because he's like, you know, he it was always like the massive fucking built, like yeah. military leader. Um, that was the, the way that Prime had that kind of human, like leadership aspect. Ultra Magnus was like the firm, authoritative, like, yeah type so um it's great yeah. uh red herring yeah it is and it's it's really weird like having talking about this in the context of being a kid at that time and what you're kind of expecting and how, how you deal with it um yeah but yeah so um they get it and then this is a big thing prime dies he turns gray his head tilts and he's gone he's dead couldn't believe it yeah i couldn't believe it when i saw it well apparently this caused quite the controversy because a lot of kids we left crying. I mean, there was one kid who like didn't leave his room for two weeks or something. Just couldn't get over the fact that Optimus Prime died. It was a bit of a um, uh, traumatizing experience, maybe for a lot of children that just were not expecting this, like yeah. whatsoever. Um, their hero's dead, but bold move. And to be fair, I love the way it's like it's one that they were like that was they were told to do. It's not like they were like for the purpose of the story, we're going to kill Prime. They were told, yeah. like, you have to kill Optimus Prime. So um, you need to do But it, it does work. Way. That's what's great. They've yeah. made it work within the context of the story. They turned that horrible, commercial, cynical uh, decision into a great piece of drama. Yeah. Um, it's brilliant. But what a bold move. Yeah. It's genuinely shocking. Yeah. Can you imagine if you went to see a Masters of the Universe movie and they, they used it to kill off He-Man? Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. Or Lion O in a Thundercats film. Yeah. I mean, it's just, yeah, it's amazing. Certainly, like, he was uh, Transformers. So um, at this point, what I love is we cut the Decepticons and they're just basically doing fisticuffs for who's going to be oh, there next to Um and It is cool how they contrast a lot. Of, a lot of, throughout the film, they'll go like, this is how the Autobots do it and this is how the Decepticons do it. Exactly. So, Autobots is all noble. There's this like chain of commands passing of the torch, and they're just like scrabbling over, literally yeah, just like th- on the floor. Exactly. They're throwing fighting. Megatron out the fucking side, even though he's That's still alive. Brilliant. Just literally chucked him off. Like, I don't give a fuck. 
That's great when he's like, please, I've still got some life force in me. function. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They're just like, see you later. Yeah. Love that. Um, and yeah, so they kind of go off and then, yeah, they fight amongst each other, whatever, and they fuck off. Um, and Starscream basically decides he's going to be the, the leader at that point. Yeah. And they seem to go along with that. Yeah, it seems to be all right. Now, I think it's just where Unicron makes another entrance. Yeah, so this is where you see um, Megatron and some of the others drifting in space. And they basically drift into the path of Unicron. Mm. Um, who you think, well, he's just eating them all. But no, he speaks to him and he's very much like, he's like a god. Mm. Um, introduces himself to Megatron and basically says, I summoned you here. Mm. I think Megatron's like, no one summoned Megatron. Yeah. Well, um, I would be pleased to say that I'm the first something like that yeah <laughs> very good yeah um uh, yeah and i love this and this great. whole it's, it's, sequence sorry go on yeah it just it just starts off and again this is like another relationship that plays out then through the through the film is this uh uneasy one this kind of pact between megatron and unicron because you know he gives him his life essentially by rebirthing him as a new character but at the same time, Megatron or Galvatron, as he becomes, is like in his thrall the whole time, and he's constantly plotting to get out of it and defeat yeah. Unicron himself. So it's great. You've got these different like allegiances being set up, and these these like layers, um, which yeah, as the film plays out, that becomes just ratchets that drama up again. It's very exciting. Yeah, and what I really love about this bit as well, this whole sequence to me is horrific on another level because this is like this is like he's making a deal with the devil. Um, yeah because it's very like it's dark like he's and i remember watching this the fact that he's this tiny little thing um and he's just talking to this massive apparently they wanted it to be like a speaker so you know you get that like force of air as he's talking they wanted it to yeah. be like you know like a speaker booming or something like that so that's ah. quite interesting um and yeah he's this tiny thing so it felt really epic it's very quiet as well it felt like so you've got that kind of just that general like fear of space you know like the vast emptiness of nothing and the beyond and death which is basically what's happened um and then yeah when he the way like it flashes red and white and all this stuff just visually it's like weird and the fact that now you've seen like the ultimate bad guy and he's nothing he's literally like yeah like huge bad guy um yeah that kind of you see a bit more of you yeah, you you see a bit more of him here as well. You know, you're saying about all that kind of like presentation of Unicron as like organic. Mm. You see like insides and there's all this kind of like, it reminds me of like Mobius yeah. kind of stuff. Um, and it's kind of almost psychedelic. Yeah, it is quite psychedelic. Um, and then you've got this cool bit where he, yeah, he basically changes him and some other people who got thrown out. Um, I just remember that bit with the which we've just gone past where it's like, I, we need to lose some of the weight. Who's supposed to be throughout are injured? Those say I, I. Those say nay, nay. Yeah. <laughs> Forgot about that bit. But all those oh, guys basically yeah, get turned into um, the new bad guys, which is Galvatron and his gang, um, essentially. And they look a lot, they're like purple. Well, they're always purple, but it's in they like look a lot more modern and swish. And these are the new lines of toys, basically, yeah. to bring in. Galvatron is now Leonard Nimoy. Um, so he's, yep. he's come in, he's got a new voice and everything. 
And uh, yeah, but he's like controlled. And as you said, as much as he tries to get out of it, like Unicron's just like, I can hear everything that you are saying and that you're yeah. trying to do. Um, and Pack it in. Yeah, exactly. It's just like, oh God, this Galvatron guy needs to get over it. Um, um, what do you think about this um, animation sequence? That's great. The actual transformation. I love it. When he, when you see them, when he does that like scan of Megatron and you see all those little bits, that purple light, and then even when they've got those kind of rings and they do it like on a more basic level for the other ones, yeah. they change them. It just, I don't know why, it's just fucking insane. I love it. I just love Brilliant. the way it looks. It's pure like, you know, 80s synthwave kind of like yeah. music video exactly. kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. They get reduced to like, I suppose, like a schematic kind of drawing. Yeah. It's then like animated. Um, and what do you think, what, what's your preference? Are you a Galvatron man or a Megatron man? So Megatron for me, but I do appreciate that Galvatron is like the cooler looking one. But I think Megatron is just like that old school, like lump of like heavy metal kind of like bad guy. And he just looks, I just love his look. Whereas Galvatron, I'm like, yeah, okay, cool. It's like, for me, it's not quite as interesting, but it is cooler. But um, He's got this kind of like three pronged, it's almost like a crown. Yeah. So you can, you, yeah. Yeah. I, I think I prefer Megatron as well. Mm. Yeah, Megatron it's, is just uh, like more iconic looking, uh, really. Um, but Leonard Nimoy is cool. Yeah. And he doesn't sound like Spock. No, he does a really good a... job. Because he sounds like angry <laughs> and evil um, yeah. and all this stuff, which is uh, which is mad. Um, it's not the man who brought us the ballad of Bilbo Baggins, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Bilbo. Bilbo. I still um, enjoy that song. I still listen to like Shatner's stuff every now and then, which is a bit weird but yeah great stuff we'll have to do um uh, an episode on uh, god yeah we do don't we their musical careers that's the next one that's what we have to do um so then he goes i can't remember what the next scene is but um i don't know if it's still sticking with galvatron when they when he basically comes in and uh he crashes the coronation yeah like there's this huge like ceremony for starscream with this (laughs) crown that is but all this stuff doesn't exist. He's just, or maybe it did, I don't know, but it's just made it up basically to like make this big thing of him being the leader. Yeah. Um, and Galvatron just fucking turns up and kills Starscream. Like just yeah. it turns him to dust. And, and again, as a kid, you're just like, what? <laughs> it's dead. Fuck. Um, yeah. And they're basically like, yeah, so you're going to follow me now. So um, let's go destroy everyone again. And then Brilliant. if I'm if I'm right, they go back. <laughs> they go back to Earth, right, to try and um, basically destroy the rest of the um, the rest of the people that are still trying to clear up um, the yeah. Earth base. So they're now going back to re re attack it, I guess, and get well, like his moon base. It's after it? the Matrix. Moon base one. It's after the Matrix, isn't he? That's what he's doing. Oh yeah, we forgot to mention that. That's the important. Yeah, exactly. um, it's quite key. Yeah, his mission now, Galvatron. Unicron has basically salvaged Megatron and turned him into Galvatron because he wants him to go and get the Matrix. Yeah. Um, because he says yeah. the Matrix is the only thing that can now sort of stand in his way of utter, utter power. Yeah, exactly. And meanwhile, he's actually destroying the moons of Cybertron. It's not yeah, Cybertron. Moon base moon one, base, moon, base two. moon base two. And that's where Daniel's dad... Um, is uh, spiked spike um and 
Yeah, but they, um, so you've got, again, this sequence of like, oh, they're going to get away and then they get sucked back in. You're just like, Spike, <laughs> like that, Daniel's dad is just like, what, so he's dead now? And obviously like you, you presume at that point, they're all dead. Like it's just dead. So you think this kid's dad's yeah. dead. And, like, and you really think it could happen after you've seen all these other yeah. high profile deaths. Yeah, you're ready for it. It's like, they're going to kill an actual human. Yeah, it's Hallie, yeah, mad. Mush him up. Um, so, yeah, they attack again. And I think this is where um, they get in the space shuttle and they um, escape. And then they are chased by Galvatron. He's got his cool new ships and all this stuff, which they've obviously gotten to show off. Um, and then they jettison part of the ship um, and they crash on the garbage planet. And then that's yeah. when they're like, we're going to rebuild we got to rebuild some of our ship. And then Galvatron's like, yeah, cool, they're all dead. And then Unicron's like, they're not dead, you idiot. you got to go yeah. kill them. They're on the garbage planet or whatever. It's like, oh, fuck's sake. So then they go, um, and then this is where they, they like split up now, don't they? Um, yeah, they get split up. And this is, I love this. This is where this, yeah, splintering and we start getting these individual little um, subplots as they all have to... And like battle different enemies, mm. and and yeah, uh, and then at the same time, this is where we see Ultra Magnus try and use the Matrix, and he just he's having a Whips hard it. time. <laughs> yeah, he's he can't do it. But you're really like watching it, going, "Okay, here we go, here we go." Oh, he's fumbling, and oh, okay, he's dead. Um, yeah. <laughs> cool. And then Galvatron's like, "The Matrix, yeah, now I can use this to destroy Unicron." I mean. <laughs> no, I don't want to destroy Unicron. Uh, yeah, I'll bring it, bring it back, whatever. Um, uh, so this it, is quite cool though, because you're quite conflicted watching this. Because you're like, well, didn't really like Galvatron, didn't really want to kill Ultra Magnus, but at the same time, he seems to have a better chance with the Matrix of killing Unicron. Mm. So I like, yeah, I like that. It's like multifaceted shades here going on. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's always a good idea for a big film, isn't it? Like, just like like you say, it ups the stakes when you introduce like um, a, a greater enemy that these like people have to kind of like come together sometimes to band against. Mm. Yeah, definitely. They've, and yeah, so they've got, and this is where like on this planet, um, you see what they called the junk. Oh God, what are they called? Junkians? Is that right? Um, the junkians the guy in this junk planet sounds good to me and they like start popping up and you're like uh who are these guys so now you've kind of got this going on meanwhile hot rod and uh kip is it kip or cup cup i think cup okay the Um, old dude yeah the old dude they're like and they've got stuck with the dino bots yeah exactly yeah which is great but they're like they've crashed onto this planet and um they're like underwater for a start. You've got this cool underwater sequence. Hot Rod manages to like escape these, well, finds and piranhas or whatever. And he yeah. finds um, this like robot squid that's basically pulled Cup apart. And then he saves him, um, uh, puts all his bits back together. And at that time, like, Cup's like sitting there. He's like got no leg, got no arm. And you're like, oh, fuck. Like, he's fucked. Um, but no, like Hot Rod fixes him. And it's like, oh, you did a really good job, laddie. Like, yeah. um, and you think, oh, okay, like, and there's a little, so it's that little hint that he's like a bit, 
special or something. I don't know, like a little bit like the fact that Cup's really impressed. And obviously, as you said, the relationship has deepened a bit now because Hot Rod's yeah. gone out of his way to save, himself. Yeah, to save him and all this. And um, yeah, but they get captured. Let's go Let's go through this little sequence because I suppose it doesn't really make a difference. Um, this is fun. This is where the, the robots come and this is where he tries the old universal greeting. That's right. Bar weep grana weep ninny bomb. Yeah, with these little like energy candies or something. Yeah, they're like, say this and then give them a little treat. And they're like, uh, we're kind of out of treats. This is getting expensive. Yeah. And then um, basically they're like, we're all out. We're all out. And these things just like transform into these horrible yeah, fish creatures things. and just like jump on them. Yeah. And uh, basically they're incarcerated. Mm. And this is one of my favorite parts of the film and this is one of the most for me most memorable because it was the absolutely like most sinister bit of the film yeah they're taken to this like tribunal mm. um and you meet in the jail cell they meet the last survivor of that planet that we saw getting destroyed that's right in the very opening at the beginning yeah and it's so tragic they really play this up don't they because he's like no i'm the last of my kind yeah. And they just like chuck him in this like pit and he's just like destroyed by these like shark transformers. Yeah. And there's a lot of them as well. But that whole thing, like where they've got the four, it's like the, the tribunal or whatever. They're like these yeah. four like faces on one unit that just kind of shift. I remember finding that really scary as a kid. And then yeah. you've got this like kind of octopusy, like this kind of weird sea creature T- thing with tentacles. Tentacled thing. Yeah. But it looks really evil and scary. Yeah. And um, and what I love is that if they've made it look like this, whatever this is, it's a fucking like Lynchian situation. Like it's weird. <laughs> like it's just weird. And there's obviously like a history and they do this for some sadistic pleasure because the idea is like guilty or innocent, innocent. And God knows what happens when you're guilty, but innocent means you basically die. It's kind of like yeah. um, drowning of the witches or whatever. Um so it's interesting because they've built out like another weird world that is pretty horrific, it's like a horror film. It's like that yeah. kind of thing when you watch horror film and it's like, whatever, it's some kids, and they stumble on something that's been there like forever. And there's a history that's there that you yeah. feel like they've wandered into and they're now become a part of, but it doesn't feel like yeah. it's something that's created for this. It feels like lived in. And this is kind of what yeah. it feels like here. Um, yeah, and that's what I really loved about it because I was just like, this is genuinely terrifying, and I've no idea what's going on, and that's what makes it even more, yeah, scary. Um, it's great that they don't try and give you too much; they don't beat you around the head with it. They just present, like you say, something, and you like, you know, there's more to it, and uh, it's a bit bewildering. And um, yeah, but that whole thing around innocent, yeah, God, that's so horrible. It is. It's horrible. They just look like skulls or something. But then it kind the of gets Imperial a bit, Magister. Yeah, that's how it is. Um, then it gets a bit funny because then you've got, um, they basically are like, okay, let's just, they say like, they quit, they literally quit a destruction derby, which I thought was quite funny. But like, they basically yeah. create a whirlpool by going so fast. Um, and they're able to kind of destroy these shark things and... Shark to cons. Yeah, and at the same time, um, what's happened is the dino bots have been walking around and they found this little guy called Wheelie who is the most nothing character ever. Just a, <laughs> literally a piece of like poo that's been scratched out of someone's thumb and just put onto, <laughs> put into this film. He's maybe, he's the most shoehorned in element of this film, I think. Yeah, just whatever. 
Um, and he's got his fucking like shit slingshot, but whatever. So, um, yeah, it's just another toy, I guess. And he's like led the, uh, led the Dinobots in. So they like come and they also save the day. So it's all kicking off now. Um, I love this. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm a big Dinobot fan. I love um, Grimlock. Yeah. That moment for me, that was almost as heroic as Optimus Prime arriving. <laughs> when, <laughs> when they just like kick down the wall and it just like splatters the shark to cons. Yeah. They're just like, boom, 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 it's bumbling along. Yeah. Boom, 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 we've saved well, that's the Because you've kind of got that thing of like ultimate despair of like, They've they're tied up. They're about to get into this fucking pool of sharks. Um, like there's nothing they can do. Apparently, um, no one thought of transforming. Apparently, before that. But um, and then yeah, it's like and the added uh-huh. icing on the cake is the fact that Dinobots may like okay, it's so yeah. weird. Like it's all it's all fine now. And they basically a nice start little a moment here. Huh? <laughs> start a revolution. They like to the shark. Yeah, guys. that's a nice little moment. They're just like we basically cleaned up this planet. It's like hey, go and get him instead yeah and they're like yeah, okay yes that's a good idea yes. rather than this huge robotic t-rex yeah what's that and they're like why are you listening to him like <laughs> to that guy um they could do a whole movie about this planet the backstory and everything yeah be brilliant exactly so now they're like let's go to that ship which looks like a corkscrew which i thought was quite cool yeah it's cool that. um and so that's so that's kind of the end of that little like b story i guess um and yeah, so now they're trying to put, so they kind of battle the um, Junkions, or they're kind of having this like to and fro, and, and which is pretty cool. Yeah, we don't know if, what they're, if they're bad or good, basically. Yeah, we're just like, what's going, going on? But um, yes, yeah, so, What do you think about the Junkions? I fu- so this is where Eric Idle comes in. And basically the yeah. idea is that they're, um, They've like they they speak like TV language, like everything's like as if they've heard it off the radio. It's all like sped up and all this. Um, not to the amount of Buzz, who was voiced by that guy that talks really fast, um, but like quite yeah. close. But yeah, this is Eric Idle. He's just making up like slogans and all this stuff, which I thought was quite a nice commentary about pop culture and throwaway, you know, mass media yeah. kind of stuff, whatever. Um, which is quite nice. Uh, but yeah, I thought they were all right. And then you've got the Weird Al Yankovic Devo spin-off, uh, Devo, um, sorry. Uh, um, parody. Parody, that's it. Um, Dare to be Stupid, uh, which is great. Another great song. Um, and I like this moment because yeah. this is when um, Hot Rod and the Dinobots and that crew arrive. Mm. And it's all been a bit fraught at that point. There's still friction. Yeah. And they try the universal gesture again. Yeah. Hot Rod. Hot Rod does it this time. Hot Rod's learned. Note. Exactly, yeah. And it works. And suddenly it's like that's that ridiculous song kicks in, which I love. Yeah. There to be dogs. stupid. Yeah. And you get this, yeah, this little animated scene. It reminds me of like the Ewoks or something. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Where they're all, they're literally all holding hands and doing like a ring around the roses. Yeah. <laughs> dancing around. And um, it's just like a big party. I thought it was really good fun, that. Yeah, that's right. It's a bit, it's a bit silly, isn't it? It's quite funny. Yeah. And it's also, um, it reminded me of, uh, you might remember this. I can't remember the name of the film, but it was very young Ethan Hawke and River Phoenix, where they go up yeah. into a spaceship and they find these aliens. And these aliens all talk like the um, TV stations, like Earth TV stations. I think it was no, a what's John Landis film. It's very early, like early 80s. I mean, I don't know. super young Ethan Hawke, super young River Phoenix. 
Um, it was it's called something like Flight of the Navigator, but it's not that. Obviously, Flight of the Navigator is another film, but um, yeah, it's not that. It's not that, but it's um, it's that kind of thing. Uh, yeah, hmm, I'll have to look into that. Yeah, look it up. Um, so yeah, so then at this point, they're like they want to rebuild Ultra Magnus, right? That's kind of the point. Um, yeah, but what happens at this bit now? They can't. Galvatron can't like goes to like try and take on Unicron and use the Matrix, um, but he can't make it work. Basically, um, well, what's happened? Well, the, the Junkians help rebuild Ultra Magnus, yeah. and they basically say we're going to help you in your quest to battle Unicron. So this is it. It's like all the all the Autobots are back together. Ultra Magnus is is okay. The Junkians are going to support them. So this is like this is like to me this is like the final uh, third. You know, if we move, yeah, there's like three chapters. Right. You've got Galvatron. It's got the Matrix, and he's going to destroy Unicron. And you've got the Autobots, and they're like they're going to go and destroy Unicron. Yeah, and that's like right here we go, and you feel like oh something big's going to happen. Yeah, and that's that's right because this is when Unicron changes, right? Because Galvatron's like, yeah, I'm going to get going to kill you. I'm going to get you. Yeah, and Unicron's like, fuck you, guy. And he's, he's got this cool, like, transforming sequence because it's not just like a... It's like this whole, like, things are spinning in and out and it's this whole, like, whole thing of where he turns into basically this massive, again, like another, like, Fu Manchu-looking robot. Um, he's and, got wings and horns. He looks yeah. like a, a demon. He This is brilliant. Because at this point, um, the first time I saw it, I just thought it was a big, big planet. Yeah, you know, I just thought it was going to just going to be that sphere the whole time. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, when he starts transforming, it's like, oh my god, he's actually just the biggest yeah. robot. It's like a huge person, and that's it as well. Because it's like there's there's two things with it. One, I was thinking, I don't know how this is more effective than what he was doing previously, but I think this is more like we're going to get up close <laughs> and personal. Like, put down the guns. I'm going to use my fists, kind of thing. Yeah, <laughs> which I get. Um, and secondly, what I love is that even when he's talking, he's kind of got that, I mean, that if you notice like the way they're animated, so like Optimus Prime has that kind of like shield thing over his mouth. You can't see, there's no like lips or anything. You can't move. Galvatron, yeah. he doesn't really show any, he's completely like almost emotionless in his face. Yeah. And I don't know why, but that kind of adds to the, if they made him more, um, like, uh, how do I put this more expressive in his face? I would have found that weirder, mm. but the fact it's like, it's almost as if even though he's transformed into a person, it's, that's not like still not the true him. He's just like this, like godlike creature. He's just taken the form of a man, but it still feels yeah. very like distant. Does that make sense? It doesn't feel, yeah. it, it doesn't feel right. Um, and yeah. And then he's basically like, well, I'm going to fuck your home up. So then he starts like smashing Cybertron up, and then basically, as you said, everyone it's all it's pedal to the metal, med, metal to the pedal, whatever it is. Um, pedal, no, pedal to the metal. What is it? That's the one. Yes. Um, Which at this point, Cybertron has been taken over by the Decepticons. Yes. After so, this is the yeah. moment where, like, when when the Autobots arrive, um, Galvatron's able to kind of say, "Look, we need to band together to beat this guy." Mm. Um. But he's trying to do it. He's trying to do it himself with the Matrix, and uh, he's not getting anywhere. Yeah, because obviously he's not the chosen one. It's not the chosen one. It's it, not a belt thing. Come on. It, and he even says he says to Hot Rod, 
it will do you no good, can't be opened. Mm. Little did he know. Yeah, well, this is it. So, because he, everyone like flies into him, basically. Um, and this is quite cool because then it's like getting into like, there's all these like weird security systems and you get to see a bit more of this biological fucking thing that he is inside. Um, at the same yeah. time, you've got Daniel, RC and all this stuff. You've got a, this little like splinter group. And then you see Spike, Daniel's dad, and it's like they're about to get dropped into He's this alive. acid pit. I like the idea oh. that these people are like filtered through, like to get, to, and this is like the most effective way, like this industry line of like way yeah. of doing it rather than just throwing them all in a massive acid vat anyway. Um, like a, but like they're a inside, they're in the, in the belly of the beast. In the belly of the beast. Daniel. They're in Unicron. Yeah, exactly. Daniel is, and he's got his own journey where he's trying to use the suit. He's trying to like grow up a little bit. And he's yeah. able to save his dad. Basically, he's using he's used the suit, this robo suit, um, effectively and saved his dad, which was nice. Yeah. And there's a moment where you think the dad's dead um, again. Yeah. Like, say so he's just been like, oh, he's alive, and now he's dead again. Oh no, wait, he is alive. And then that's all like sweet, and that kind of ends that bit as well. Yeah, um, that's a nice little uh, low key kind of like subplot as well, isn't it? I think because you know, like you say, we are Daniel. He has his little moment to shine yeah and you've got rc who's kind of like the mother the maternal figure um as well who's a new new character but who you know can still kick ass or whatever and all this stuff but she's got that motherly like quite nice safe feeling i guess um so and some sexy curves for a a robot cyborg lady um (laughs) and so yeah so whilst all this is happening hot rod is basically they kind of forget about him and it's him versus Galvatron. And yeah, Galvatron, as you said, is a bit like, dude, let's kill this guy. And then Unicron's like, uh, no, you have to kill him or I'm going to kill you. So, okay, fine. Fine, I'll kill Hot Rod. And then they have this cool, like, it reminds me of um, Return of the Jedi, funny enough, uh, where yeah. it's Luke versus Darth in like, you know, that's their kind of battling in the pit of the Death Star. Um, yeah. It's a bit like that rather than Cloud City in Empire. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Definitely. Uh, yeah, it's got hints of that. So anyway, they take it on, like, and there's just that point where Unicron is winning, everyone's getting f- fucked up, basically. Hot Rod's getting choked out, which is weird for a robot, I guess, but fine. And um, uh, yeah, so anyway, but he's able to kind of get his fingers on the Matrix. And then, yeah, there's this bit where he like, he's using it properly because he puts his fingers in like the slots that are there for a reason. And slowly as he's drawing it open, you've got the... Um, you know, the touch uh, playing in the background. Dun, yes. Dun, dun. It's just like nice, big, epic, um, rising <clears throat> song happening as he gets bigger and he turns into Rodimus Prime. Um, <laughs> literally, that's his name, Rodimus Prime. And, what, really? Yeah. yeah. Fucking hell. It's Rodimus Prime. This is the end of the road, Galvatron. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he blasts him he like chucks him through Unicron's eye out in space that's right yeah which is absolutely fantastic yeah it's great Um, and then yeah he just becomes yeah super powerful saves the day Galvatron fucking blows up basically and I love that it's like his head just fucking comes off like decapitated basically um but Unicron, Unicron or Galvatron. Unicron. Yeah, Unicron. Yeah, when he basically he like blows him up from the inside out. Yeah, yeah and that's 
I, that, when his head comes off, it's such a great shot. Yeah. And then you also, re, you return to that, don't you, right at the end of the film. Yeah. Uh, that last shot, you just see the head with the shattered eye. <laughs> just like, and it's almost like a repeat of the beginning of the film where you first see Unicron come into view. So this time you're getting in reverse. It's just his defeated, battered head yeah, coming around the side of another planet. Yeah. Great. It's like a, it's a moon now as well, basically. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, and then Rodimus Prime um, is addressing the other Autobots, like being like, we did it, win all of one, blah, 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 rallying cry, you know, we're going to, we've defeated the Decepticons, everything's great. And Dan, that's the end. We've made it. Amazing. What a, what a just like exhausting level of excitement. And it all only took like one hour and 25 minutes. Yeah. But it feels like we've been through we've been through so much, Sam. So much, so much. It's um, so many, so many people have died. Yeah, new characters introduced, gone on journeys. Yeah, huge, great, big, monumental things happening. Yeah, if you had to, if you had to pick, and you okay, I suppose you'd say the Dinobots, but ex- excluding Grimlock, um, who would be your standout character for this movie? Do you think? Um, it's got to be Hot Rod. It's his story, really, isn't it? Mm. Like his his story is the core story of going from that you know chilled out kind of adolescent who's just like fishing to stepping up, and throughout you just see him getting more and more uh, confident, gaining more and more like leadership skills. Mm. It's like going on a <laughs> corporate training. (laughs) Um, Yeah, and that eventual, like, uh, use of the uh, Matrix. It's great. And then they're all like, oh, we knew it was you, Hot Rod. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, right, you did. exactly. Everyone's talking to me like I'm a fucking idiot. Yeah. (laughs) Sycophants. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, yeah, he's he's the uh, the classic choice. I suppose, like, for me, whenever I think about this film, it's just Unicron. Like, he just makes Mm. such imposing figure um yeah and you know i just just love it and again like we've said it's just constant like it's absolutely constant it never lets on uh, never um like calms down at any point um so yeah should we go a little bit into nerd's corner and now that we've kind of done that yeah let's go there Yeah, I don't know if you know this, Dan, but um, there were a, a Peter Cullen, who does the voice of Optimus Prime, um, mm-hmm. uh, actually did a couple of other voices, including Ironhide. But the main uh, the main voice actor is this guy called Frank Welker. Okay. Who actually did quite a few uh, voices. He did Megatron. He did, uh, well, he did Wheelie randomly, um, if you can believe that. Um, but yeah, I believe he did, uh, he did Soundwave, um, and a few others, Rumble, uh, but yeah, so, um, he did, once he did, in a lifetime, once in a generation talent. Exactly. Um, and, uh, and obviously Peter Cullen, who did, um, uh, he does Prime, did, did their voice for Prime in all the Michael Bay movies as well. Um, yeah, Jazz was Scatman Crothers and he, he died as well. Um, obviously as well as Orson Welles after making this, um, 
And, but the, uh, the other thing is uh, John, I don't know how to say his name, but yeah, Blur, we kind of spoke about this earlier. John Moshita Jr. Um, he was the guy that could talk really fast. He talks like this all the time. Blah, blah, blah. Um, but that's uh, how, yeah. if you remember, like there's that famous clip where he does the whole of Michael Jackson's bad. Yeah. In, like 10 seconds or yeah. something. <laughs> and that was his whole thing. And people would be like, who's this guy? There was, he was like famous for like five minutes in the 80s. And that was his whole thing, was just speaking fast. He was on a few adverts. Yeah. He'd come on and do like fucking kids, children's TV shows in the morning or whatever and all this. Um, so, yeah. Do you know who would have been the, good to get? The guy from Police Academy. What? That does, does all the, the, voices. the noises. The noises, sorry. That's for who? Just anything. Anything. Just, <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe use him instead of Eric Idle. Yeah, well, again, you said Eric Idle, Monty Python, all that stuff. Weird choice, but you, know, you don't have to do much. And the other one um, is, and it's probably loads of people I'm missing out, but um, Ultra Magnus was by Robert Stack. Um, and uh, I know him for doing the Unsolved Mysteries uh, TV show, which I think I've watched every single one, um, <laughs> one of those. But he was like, um, Robert Stack was like an, an actor, basically. I think he did a lot of cowboy stuff back in the day. Um, I might be just making that up, but uh, <laughs> yeah. So and it's I a believe this cast. was yeah, and I believe this was the first voiceover thing that he ever did. And obviously, his voice got uh, pretty famous after that. And then yeah, you've got um, as we said, uh, Judd Nelson. Um, so yeah, that's a little bit. That's a little bit good, there. Some okay. good nerdy trivia there, Sam. Yeah, a bit of trivia. Can you um, tell me how many Oscars hmm. did the Transformers the movie win? Uh, 10. Can you believe it? More than Lord of the Rings. Wow. Well, yeah, in my zero. opinion, it's far superior. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, but it is. So that makes sense. Got a big fat zero. zero. Do you say zero? Absolute zero. Yeah. You joking? Though. What a shame. And do you know that for the film ended with, um, to be honest, I don't know if it did this in the one that I watched actually, but it definitely did this in my VHS with it when like, oh, stay tuned for more Transformers and the return of Optimus Prime. <laughs> and um, I remember thinking, what? <laughs> like, oh, he comes back, um, which is a bit weird. Maybe they added that afterwards. I don't know. That's um, so funny because, okay, because I've got a DVD, but I did originally have this on VHS and that was the first time I saw it. Right. And now that you say that, I remembered that for the first time in like over a decade. Oh, really? And yeah, that's why I was waiting for it. I was like, uh, maybe they didn't say it in, um, in these versions now. But I've heard that he... He was brought back eventually. Yeah. I guess to give it a shot in the arm at some point. They were like, oh, maybe we better bring Optimus Prime back. Yeah. It's, this isn't doing so well. Um, well, yeah. I mean, nothing, no one could beat Prime. He was fucking Transformers. Yeah. Um, I suppose a shame, really, that they retconned that, but, um, you know, doesn't, it doesn't dampen the uh, shock that you experience when he dies in this film. Yeah, exactly. Um, I would say let's do reviews, but um, I think we've this this episode's gone on a fair bit. Um, and to be honest, I think most people love it. They're going to comment about it anyway. Um, let's be honest. Uh, so yeah, I think let's call it let's call it a day there. Let's call it a day. Yeah, and make sure that everyone joins us in a week's time because this music is so good. It deserves its own dedicated episode. The Transformers, the movie, the soundtrack. That's right. Dare you join us next week? Oh. <laughs> Interesting. Now, Dan, 
Are you mm. ready for the touch? <laughs> yeah. Right. Thanks, guys. I can, I can oh. confirm that Sam has the power. <laughs> See you next time. That's right. Goodbye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Oddcast Movies, Music and Gaming. If you want to get in touch with us or get a movie, album or game put on our list to discuss, then email us at oddcastoddballs at gmail.com or a newwinterpodcast at gmail.com. This is part of a New Winter Podcast Network, so head on over to anewwinter.net to check out our other shows. You can also follow us on Instagram at anewwinter, Twitter at anewwinter, and you can head on over to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash anewwinter. Thanks for listening and see you again soon. 